to everyone. If you're a guest today, we are so happy to have you in service with us this morning. Pray that the presence of God, the power of God touches your life today. If you're watching us online this morning, we welcome you wherever you're watching us from. We believe that God is where you are just as much as he is where we are. Amen. Praise God. Now that you've sat for a moment, caught your breath, if you would stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God today. I don't know what's going on lately, but I seem to have long scripture readings at the beginning. So, I know this is probably getting old for some of you, but some of you have never heard this before, so I'll make you a deal. You stand for a few minutes while I'm reading, and then you can sit down and I'll keep standing. So, is that an okay deal? Genesis chapter 1, I'm going to kind of jump around in this chapter a little bit, so if you'll bear with me. Verse number 4 says, God saw the light, that it was good. Verse 10 says, God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters God and the, of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. Verse 12 says, And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 18, And to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Verse 21, God created great whales and every living creature that moveth which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind and God saw that it was good. 25, and God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind and God saw that it was good. Uh, This is not the message this morning but just in case somebody doesn't know or doesn't believe it today we didn't get here by evolution we didn't get here by the big bang theory god created god created i I don't understand if you have the option to pick which there's not an option i mean the bible says god created so there's no other option but from a human perspective a humanistic perspective if you've got the option to choose to believe between a big bang theory and evolution that all of this got the way it was by accident or that there was a divine design behind it why wouldn't you want to just go ahead and believe that there's a divine design why would you want to believe that it's all just chaos and confusion because if it's all just if it's all just evolved this way then that gives you no basis to believe for your own personal life Amen And then verse 31 the last verse of Genesis 1 says this And God saw that everything and God saw everything that he had made and behold and the other places say it was good but here God looks at everything that he made and says it was very good 
Then if you go to the very last book of the Bible, in fact, I think it's the last chapter, if I'm not mistaken, if it's not the last, next to last. John, in the vision that the Lord has given him, says this in Revelation 21, verse number 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, not they that sat upon the thrones, he singular that sat upon the throne singular said, behold, I, not we, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write, for these words are true and faithful. Genesis 1, the very beginning, God creates everything, looks at all of it and says, it's very good. The very end says, no more pain, no more crying, no more suffering. None of that. I'm going to preach to you this morning. My title is one simple word. Bookends. Bookends. God, thank you so much for your awesome presence that is moving in this place today. Thank you for what you've already done. You've already done things of eternal significance this morning by the ministry of your spirit. And we give you honor and thanks for that. God, I also believe that you desire this morning to minister to people through your word, that you want to speak to their hearts, not a sermon as a part of a religious service, but a message, God, that would come from you. So I pray, God, right now there would be faith in the, in the hearts and the ears of the hearer today to mix the word with faith that it might benefit them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I trust you this morning and depend on you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I know that bookends, while we know that literally bookends are things that get put on the ends of books to hold them up, it's also can be a figurative term. And I didn't realize that actually, according to Webster's, there is a definition for bookends in the context of a figurative term. And Webster's Dictionary says that bookends serve as or mark the beginning and ending of something. To be the first and last parts or events of something. In the beginning, God created, and everything that God created, when He gets done with the last thing He created, and that was Adam and Eve, He, he looks at all of it and He says, It's very good. And then we go to the end of the book, the end of the Bible, the last book, and it, 
it tells us that there are going to be some things that we could call those things very good. No more tears, no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. All these are going to be passed away. No more pain. Anybody got pain in your body today? Anybody live with chronic pain? No more pain. Anybody got loved ones today that have passed away and you live with the sorrow and the grief of that loss? There's, there's a day that's coming that there's no more death. And so at the very beginning God says everything is good. And at the very end everything is good. But I, I've come to preach to you this morning. There's a lot that goes on between the beginning and the end. Got any Oreo cookie lovers this morning? Any of you here this morning, you one of those Oreo cookie people that you take it out of the package, you pop it open, and you lick the cream off, just the cream? Anybody? I see a couple of hands. Let me tell you something. There's some cream in this cookie you don't want to be licking. The cookie is really good. But there's some stuff in the middle. I, years ago, several years ago, years ago makes it sound like, you know, 20, 30 years ago. It wasn't quite that long. But uh, now with COVID last year, everything is longer than it seems, I think. But anyway, my wife and I were in Malaysia preaching a camp there. And, and they were, that was back when um, uh, the Minute to Win It. Anybody ever heard of Minute to Win It? The TV show game was, was pretty popular. And so one afternoon they were, they were playing some Minute to Win It games and I was participating and, and, uh, was on one of the teams. And so we, we, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the challenges was, uh, I, 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 you had to like, I think we, if I remember correctly, we were in this little, area of the hotel and they had hid some oreo cookies and so you had to find the oreo cookie and then you had to eat the oreo cookie well that sounds really wonderful because i mean i'm not an oreo cookie lover but you know most things that have some kind of chocolate in them they're good most things i didn't say everything so I, 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 they had, a, you had a couple of volunteers each time, and so I volunteered for that one. And I, I find the cookie, and I pick it up, and I take a big bite, not realizing the cream had been replaced with toothpaste. And you had to eat the cookie for the challenge. Needless to say, that was not what I was looking for. I, I, I've come to, to challenge somebody today that I, I, over the last, it's kind of interesting, it seems to go this way. I get in various settings, sometimes it's one-on-one conversations and then different ministry settings where certain things keep seeming to pop up. And, and one of those things lately has to do with our expectations, that if you don't have realistic expectations, whether that's on your marriage, on your kids, on your parents, on your walk with God, if you don't have realistic expectations, you will be disappointed. And with regards to God, there's a good chance you're going to get disillusioned. And if you don't have some realistic expectation that there's some things that are good in the beginning and there's some things that are good in the end, but it may not be that way in the in-between. 
I don't know how long it was from my knowledge of Scripture. Maybe you know differently, but from my knowledge of Scripture, I don't know how long it was between the time God said this in Genesis 1 and Adam and Eve disobeyed and ate of the forbidden fruit. I don't know how long that was. I don't know if it was days, weeks, months, years. To my knowledge, the Scripture does not tell us. To my knowledge, I don't even know of anything that gives even any kind of a hint. If it's there, I'm not aware of it. So I I don't know how long it was, but the bottom line is this. In in the amount of time that humanity has been here, it was a very brief moment. It wasn't very long between God saying it was good and Adam and Eve began to mess up what God said was good. We, uh, we were in Mississippi this week for a conference. Many of you know about that conference. Bishop teaches there every year. And most of our family usually goes. We were there this week. And, and um, now this, this is, I don't know who started it, where it came from, and I'm sure it's not just our family because I've heard others say it, but, you know, when somebody starts talking about a problem, sometimes somebody will chime in and say, that's a first world problem. Meaning, that's really not a major problem. There's people dealing with a whole lot worse. So I, this is a first world problem, okay? But we, 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 got, we got to the airport yesterday morning. Or excuse me, well, it was still morning. We had a 115 flight. And we get there, we check in, we go to the gate, we sit down. Got about a few minutes still before we're supposed to board. And all of a sudden... The gate attendant comes on and says, uh, we, we've got uh, mechanical issues we've got to get checked out. There's a screw in one of the tires. Now, you know, a screw in my tire on my car, and I've had many of them, is one thing. But a screw on the landing gear of the airplane, that's a little different story. And so, we, you know, we've got to check it out, and, and uh, we, 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 uh, we'll, we'll be back to you. And then, and then they said, which was really weird to me, the mechanics are about 20 minutes away. I'm thinking, wait, you guys don't have full-time mechanics on site ready to go? <laughs> so they finally come and check it, and we checked it, and they got the screw out, and there's no leak. Okay. You know, when we first checked our bags in at the counter and started for security, it was good. It was good. We should have known in that moment. Y'all just got to bear with me while I complain for a minute. So we finally get on board. They get it worked out. We get on board we we take off and they had said on the they had said to everybody sitting in the gate we're already looking at your flights and and those of you that have you know close flights getting there we're looking at adjusting you well we had like a 3 hour layover we we were okay wasn't worried about that no problem except when we landed in Atlanta i opened my phone i went onto the Expedia app and i found out for some reason i have no idea why for some reason they changed us 
from our six or from our seven thirty flight to like a four twenty flight, it's about four ten. Atlanta, according to the announcement, and I believe it is the busiest airport in the world. For some reason, unknown reason, they decided to change us from the flight we were supposed to be on to an earlier flight that we had no chance of making to now putting us on standby to our original flight, telling us we definitely have you out on a flight tomorrow at 12.30. I don't get irritated too often. But when I do... And, and the first lady I talked to, she said, well, there's like 37 people trying to get on this flight too. I'm like, are you kidding me? So we spend two and a half hours. I'm sitting there. We have no idea we're going to get on. And, you know, a milkshake can help a lot of stuff. We were at the very end of the half of the terminal and back in the center were restaurants and I had noticed when I got my dinner there was, there was a milkshake place there so I, I'm, I'm all agit. Thankfully the other people in the group were not quite as like me. It had been really bad. But I, I walk all, it was like almost a 10 minute walk to get back to the burger place that had milkshakes and then it was about a 10 minute line only to finally get up and say, I just want a milk chocolate milkshake. I'm sorry, sir. We're out of chocolate. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> Make the long walk back to the gate. Thankfully, finally, we ended up on standby back on the flight we should have been on. Get to Baltimore. Go down to baggage claim. Here comes Nathaniel's bag. I look over. There's my golf bag. But my suitcase and my wife's suitcase doesn't show. All my church shoes are in that bag. All my church belts are in that bag. All my toiletries are in that bag. Of course our two bags didn't show. These are not my church church shoes. This is my casual belt. You probably haven't even seen it all morning, but I just got to tell you. We did have extra toothbrushes and toothpaste at home, thankfully. Not I, That wasn't the way it was planned to go. That wasn't the trip I expected. I'm telling somebody today, you're on a trip you didn't expect. You're on a journey that's not going the way you expect. You didn't dream of it going this way. Listen to what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse number 8. I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasure of kings and of... By the way, I already had this message Friday morning. This wasn't inspired by yesterday. But it does fit. (laughs) 
I gathered me also silver and gold and peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. I get me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great. You know, there's a slight problem when you're talking about yourself that way, but that's, you know. And increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me, and whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. Anything I want, anything I saw. Anybody ever th- seen something you saw you would love to have, but you can't afford it? Solomon, that, Solomon was on the other end. Anything I saw, anything I wanted, I got it. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun." The message Bible says, verse 11, this way, Then I took a good look at everything I'd done, looked at all the sweat and hard work, but when I looked, I saw nothing but smoke, smoke and spitting in the wind. There was nothing to any of it, nothing. Thirty-three times in the book of Ecclesiastes, 33 times, I think it's only like 11 chapters if I'm not mistaken, 10, 11, maybe 12 chapters. Thirty-three times in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon uses the word vanity. Vanity, all is vanity. Life, everything in life is vanity. That word vanity, according to Strong's Dictionary, means emptiness. Figuratively, it is something transitory and unsatisfactory. It is something transitory and unsatisfactory. The word transitory, according to Webster's, means something of brief duration, something that is temporary, something that tends to pass away. And so the Bible says that everything is van. Everything in life is vanity. Everything in life is unsatisfactory. Everything in life is empty. That's, that's a really bad thing if all you're living for is the cream and the cookie. If your focus is the cream and the cookie, you got trouble because Solomon says it is all just emptiness. It's all vanity. He says in Ecclesiastes 1 verse 1, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? One generation passeth away and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full 
unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. All things are full of labor. Men cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. There, there, what we're facing in the world today is nothing new. The issues in this world today is nothing new. Oh, it may be a little bit different way that they're being expressed, but it's the same issues. It's the same struggles. It's the same problems. Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new. It hath already been of old time, which was before us. Vanity of all is, everything is empty. It's transitory, it's temporary, it's unsatisfactory. It doesn't matter how much money you make, you think you need more. It doesn't matter how nice of a place you live, there's always a place that's better. doesn't matter how nice of a car you drive, there's always going to be one that passes by you that you go, man, I wish I had that one. It's never enough. It's never enough. And somehow you and I get deceived into thinking, well, I'm the first one in all of humanity. Out of everybody that's ever lived, I'm the one that can get just a little more and then I'll be satisfied. Solomon said, I got everything I wanted to get and then if there was something else, I got that too. You ever ever read or see about some of these celebrities that got 20, 30 cars? I mean, that's a a car for every day of the month. What do you need that for? And yet, they're they're not happy. Not satisfied. Because everything in this life is emptiness. And, And the problem is, there's some of us that have gotten our eyes focused on the wrong thing. You need to get your eyes back on the cookie. Not the cream. Because in the beginning, it was all good. But it didn't take long for mankind to mess up what God said was good. It didn't take long for mankind to begin to pervert the things that God said was good. But the good news is, it started good and it's going to end good. It began very good and it's going to end very good. But somehow you and I have got to learn how to walk through the in-between times and not get bitter at each other and not get bitter at God. Jesus himself says in John sixteen thirty three, These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world... In the world, you shall have tribulation. That word tribulation means problems. It means trials. It means difficulties. In the world, you shall have tribulation. But then he says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Because everything I just got through telling you you'd have in this world, the good news is I overcame it all. And now you and I have the privilege of the overcomer living inside of us. And so the one that said there would be tribulation says, don't worry about that because I overcame it. 
but you will have. I know, that's not what you came to hear today. That's not what you came for. You came for all the good stuff. Tell me God's going to bless me. He is. Tell me God's going to give me everything I want. He isn't. Tell me I'm not going to have any sickness. You might. Tell me He's going to take away every bit of pain I ever have. He may not. Well, then what's the point? Why should we be here this morning, get up out of bed early on a Sunday morning? Some of you, this is the first day all week you didn't work. First day in the last seven days, six days, since Monday, whatever I'm trying to say. You could have been home right now in bed, or at least just sitting around in your pajamas, drinking your coffee, reading the newspaper. That's for all the old people. I'm going to come here and you're going to tell me that I might not get to live in the house I want to live in. I might not get to drive the cars I'm dreaming of driving. Yeah, I'm telling you that. Because it's not about the cream in the middle. Because unfortunately the cream in the middle is probably toothpaste. But it started good. That's why when you are born again, it's kind of like a new creation. And in the beginning, it's good. In fact, it's very good. But that does not mean that everything is still going to be very good according to your definition. But the bottom line is, if you would realize, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what adversity comes my way, no matter what sickness, no matter what trials, I have an expectation for For my outcome. (laughs) Amplified Bible says it this way. I have told you these things. So that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation. And trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Uh, here's here's what's going to happen. There, there's going to be some tribulation. There, there's going to be trials and distress and frustration. But I've taken the power out of it to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. Message Bible says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. That's realistic expectations. But take heart. I have conquered the world. Be of good cheer because I have already overcome what is coming against you. I I had a, we, I should say we, 
my wife and I in particular, there was more people at the table, but she was the one, her and I were most engaged. We, we went into a restaurant on Friday after the, the, the teaching sessions at Apostolic Conference, and, and we were sitting in the restaurant, we're sitting there, and we had been in there for a few moments, and, and uh, I had kind of noticed when we walked in, I thought across the restaurant, I saw some other folks that at least uh, the, uh, one of the men that I recognized at the conference, and I, didn't re- I don't know him. I just so I we sat down and we were kind of we were at the first table. Once you get into the seating area from the entrance, we were at the first table, and so uh, we we had been sitting there. And this guy gets up and he goes to the bathroom, and and uh, he comes back and he stops at our table. And of course, he could tell from us that we probably had just come from apostolic conference as well and and uh where, where are you guys from so we're from annapolis maryland and um and um your pastor there yeah yeah um, so we, we we got a little bit of small talk back and forth I'm, you know i don't know this guy i'm just thinking he's a nice friendly guy whatever and all of a sudden the bar, he says, when you guys walked in, he said, I saw the angel of the Lord walking in with you. You may not feel it, you may not know it, but the angel of the Lord is with you. God told me to come tell you everything's going to be all right, and he's going before you, and it's all going to be okay. Now, I'm, I'm believing that what he was talking about was not my trip home yesterday. Because I got a lot bigger stuff on my list than yesterday. Yea, though I walk through. You see, it's 2021 and we like to fly over. We're okay with flying over the boy. It's bad down there. But we're up here. Kind of like getting in an airplane on a stormy day. Rising up through those clouds into a beautiful blue sky. Or if it's nighttime, into a beautiful starry night. Underneath of you, storm and trouble. But up there, it's, it's all good. You see, he, he said, I, I'm going to let you go through some stuff. I'm not going to let you fly over. That's not what David said. Yea, though I fly over the valley. Boy, I could have been down there, but uh-uh. He said, yea, and, and, and he didn't say, yea, though I run. He said, yea, though I walk. Through the valley. I will have no fear. Because you are with me. You don't walk if you're afraid. You don't walk if you're worried about what's around you. You don't walk if you think danger's coming. You run. When you are walking, you are exuding an air of confidence. I'm good. I don't care what's going on around me. It's all good. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley... Some of you are in the valley today. And you didn't plan on the valley. The valley was not in your itinerary. 
But the shepherd said, I'm going to take you through the valley. And it may not be easy on your flesh. And it might not be what you desire. But I want you to remember, it started good and it's all going to end good. In between, there's going to be some tribulation. In between, there's going to be some trials. In between, there's going to be some mistreatments. There's going to be some betrayals. There's going to be letdowns. But it started good. And if you'll just stick with me when it's all over with, it's going to end good. Dear Lord, Brother Wright, you're so, you're so negative today. No, no again, I'm, I'm just being realistic. I saw this preacher clip on Facebook a couple of months ago. He was, he was like cursing his bald hair. Basically saying that as a child of God, he had a right to have a full head of hair. What? What kind of nonsense is that? Life. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Hurricanes impact the godly and the ungodly. Tornadoes will destroy the houses of sinners and saints. Cancer will touch the bodies of sinners and saints. Financial difficulty will touch the lives of sinners and saints. Heartache and pain will touch the lives of sinners and saints. But be of good cheer because you've got something the sinner doesn't have. You've got a hope and you should have a peace that I may be in the valley. And it may not be very good right now, but I have an expectation. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. As a, I'll be closer than a brother to you. He says, I will provide all of your needs. I will make a way when they're seems to be no way i will i will give direction when you've got no direction it's the story the parable that jesus tells of the two men that built houses from the outside observing them there appeared to be no difference they seemed to be two nice houses and as long as everything was going good, they were equal. The problem is one of them decided to cut corners and not build on a foundation. You choose to not build on the foundation of the Word of God, you better cross your fingers that you never have to encounter storms. Of course, I don't believe in superstition, so untwist your fingers. It's coming. And when you get through that one, another one's coming. When you make it through that one, another one's coming. 
Because Paul says, we know that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope makes not ashamed, makes us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. That is an ongoing cycle that you go through in your walk with God. When God brings you through this trial, and you've now got experience from that trial, and hope from that trial, you better hang on, because it may take a little bit of time but the next one's coming but if you'll do what you're supposed to do when the new trial comes and go back to the last trial I I, I, I repented last night once I got home not only because my attitude was bad but at one point brother Isaac before we knew we were going to be on that flight I thought you know what God gave me a word for the service tomorrow morning. I realize not every time something like that happens is an absolute guarantee it's all going to happen. But I, I'm thinking, you know, I, I know. I, I woke up early Friday morning, grabbed my phone. I'm, I'm learning. I still make mistakes. But I've, I've lost several good messages. Because the thought hit me in the middle of the night. And I didn't write it. Oh, I'll remember it. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't do it perfectly, but most of the time, when it comes, I get my phone. (laughs) I wrote Friday morning. I'm sitting there last night in that airport, no guarantee of being on that flight. And and they're showing how many available seats, and at one point, there's no available seats. And inside, I'm going, you know what? I, I believe God gave me something for this service in the morning. You know what I could I you know what I should have done? When that first lady told me, you're on standby, there's 37 people on standby, probably don't look too good. I should have gone, oh well, God, let's just see how you're gonna work this out. That's not what we do. Don't sit there and judge me this morning. That's not what we do. I spent two hours. Mad, upset. My family's all sitting there having a good time, talking, laughing. Thankfully, I have my only, there's only been once or twice I've ever been thankful. No offense to any of you, sorry, but there's only been once, about once or twice when I was thankful for having a mask on. That was one of them. You You couldn't see how mad I really was. I expended a bunch of unnecessary, here I am this morning. Yeah, I don't have my cl- the clothes I wanted to wear this morning, but I'm here. You know what? Some of you are expending some unnecessary energy this morning. Because God's got it all under control. And you're fretting over stuff that it's not your problem. That you can't fix. Man, we spend so much time worrying about stuff we have absolutely no ability to fix. So, so boy, this is, this is, we came to have our spirits uplifted today. Go listen to Shine FM this afternoon. Be positive and encouraging and uplifting. But there, there is another side to this, though. You're going to have tribulation. There's going to be all this stuff in in the world. 
in the in between but 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 listen to this verse this is such an amazing verse to me it's John chapter 3 and verse number 13 and no man hath ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven now listen listen No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. And what does the last part say? Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Wait a minute. You get this? He is currently, Jesus Christ is currently on the earth. That's the Son of Man talking about there. He is, in fact, he's on the earth, and the time this is written, it's, it's, it's before he goes through all the horrible things he's going to go through, the cross, all of that. But the Word of God says that no man has ascended up to heaven except he that came down from heaven, who's currently down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Hmm. He's currently on the earth. But he's also in heaven. Hmm. He's currently on earth. But at the same time, He's in heaven. Listen to what the Passion Translation says. No one has risen into the heavenly realm except the Son of Man who also exists in heaven. That's present tense. Jesus shared a mystery with Nicodemus. While he was on the earth ministering, Jesus was also in heaven in the spirit realm. Now listen to this. Being this, this is the 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 uh, com, not commentary, but the footnotes in the in the passage trans in the passage, the passion, not the passage, the passion translation. Being in two places. At one time is also the privilege given to every believer. My, my, my. I've been preaching for 30 plus years now, and I still struggle sitting watching y'all stare at me. Fortunately, there's several reasons why I can interpret you sitting there staring at me. You don't like what I'm preaching. Could be one. Of course, another one could be you're just not willing to mix your faith with the Word because you don't want to be disappointed. Back to the message, sorry. I'm going to read that again. 
being in two places at one time is the privilege given to every believer. We are at the same time seated with Christ in the heavenly realm, but also living our life on earth to please Him. This is what it means to be in Christ. In the realm of the Spirit, heaven and earth are one. Jesus was telling Nicodemus that only those who are seated in the heavenly realm will understand spiritual truths. Most Greek manuscripts read the Son of Man who came from heaven, but the Aramaic is clearly who is in heaven. I think the word that would describe this is the word transcend. That while you are here now walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you have been given the privilege and the right to transcend that. That yeah, in the natural I may be currently walking through this. But when I transcend that, I can see it from a whole different perspective. Down here all I see is the problems and the difficulties. But when I transcend, I see the victory on the other side. I see the outcome. I see what God is in the process of working. And what God is doing for me is for my good. I'm preaching to some people this morning that you walked into this place and all you're focused on is the valley that you are in. But there is an opportunity for you as a believer to rise above that and see from a whole different perspective. If you were to go stand outside today and look up at this building, you in comparison to this building are very small. One of the common flight patterns for coming into BWI is they come out over the Chesapeake Bay and they come right up over the Severn River. And there have been a number of times I happen to be on the right side of the plane as it's coming up the Severn River and I could look over and see this piece of property and this building. And I got to tell you, when you're up there in that plane... This, that standing out there in front of it may look big from way up there. You can put your thumb up in the window and you can't see it anymore. You see, everything that you're staring up at today in your life... Everything that you're looking at today as being such a huge mountain in your life... That's because you're focused on where you are in the valley. But if you would just let the Spirit of the Lord lift you up today and let you look back down, you would see what seemed to be so ominous in your life is really not very big at all. You and I, well, that's crazy stuff. That's spooky stuff. No, it's not. It's more real than what you and I can see and touch right now. We look at the natural world as being the real world and the spiritual world as being, oh, 
It's the other way around. Because before there was a natural world, God is a spirit. And God pre-existed all of this. And so the spiritual is what is real. This is just all what we are able to see with our natural eyes. But the spiritual is more real than this. Well, you got a few amens and a bunch of you. I know. I know. You go ahead, keep living in fear. Go ahead, keep living in your bitterness. Go ahead, keep living with your unforgiveness. Go ahead. The problem with that is, it may have been very good when it started. But if you get caught up in the cream, or should I say the toothpaste, if you get caught up in that, you never get into the other cookie. You're never going to get there. And you're going to get stuck in the tribulation. And I know you really don't want to hear this, but there's a double whammy. Because not only do you get tribulation here, but then you're going to spend an eternity of tribulation. This life is just a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. And this is not all about this life. It's about an eternal life. That's why we're not supposed to look at what we see. But we're supposed to get our eyes on what we can't see with our natural eyes. Because everything we see is temporary. But the things which we can't see are eternal. Son of man who was on this earth, but was also at the same time in heaven. Hebrews chapter number 12 tells us, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, lie, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so, doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. That word author there doesn't really mean the writer of a book as we normally think of it. The word author there means the originator. He is the originator and he's the finisher. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set where? Wait a minute, I thought the cross was before him. I thought stripes on his back were before him. I thought a crown of thorns were before him. Oh no, he was looking at something beyond that. He was looking at the joy that was set before him. And because of that, he was able to endure the cross. You don't endure what you enjoy. <laughs> Enduring something automatically implies it's not enjoyable. I'm not going to go eat someplace today where I got to endure the meal. If I have anything to do with it, I'm going to where I'm going to enjoy what I eat. So when you're enduring, that implies discomfort. Struggles, trials. And the scripture says he endured the cross. Jesus wasn't, I get to go to the cross. 
I get to suffer and die. That wasn't how he felt. He was enduring. He was climbing that hill, mustering up every bit of strength that he could to get to the top. And then he couldn't even do it all by himself, carrying the cross. Somebody had to help him, but he endured. And the reason he was enduring is because he knew there's something beyond this. There's something else that's coming that I have to look forward to. There's something else that I'm going to put my eyes on. I'm going to put my eyes on the day when God's going to wipe all tears from our eyes and there'll be no more death and no sorrow and no crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. That's what I'm... I'm going to have some pain now. I'm going to shed some tears now. But rather than getting caught up in what I'm going through right now, I'm going to get... my eyes on what is the ultimate outcome. I can promise you I don't really want to. I don't get any more pleasure out of this than you do. I can absolutely promise you Whatever your hopes and expectations of how your life is going to go, how your walk with God is going to go, you might as well crumple it up and throw it in the trash can. Because you and I never envisioned suffering. We never envisioned pain. We never envisioned hardship. That's not what we want. If you inflict pain on yourself, you're you're considered to have some kind of a mental issue because we're not made to enjoy. We're not made to want to go through suffering, and that's not what we're not made that way. We run for, we avoid it. Put your hand in the hot water and you yank it away. You don't stick it there. Leave it there. You don't put your hand on the bottom of a hot iron and just, oh, this is so wonderful. It's not the way we're designed. So we don't we don't choose. You go plug in your an address today in your GPS to go someplace you don't know how to get there. Chances are, depending what app you use, if you use Google Maps, chances are it's going to give you two or three options depending on where you are. And the, the, the route that shows up highlighted first is the fastest route. Which, of course, that's what we want. I'm pretty sure most of there may be some of you, but most of us don't sit there and look at the three or four options and go, well, what's the one that's going to take me the longest time to get there? That's the one I want. No. No. From a natural perspective, I hate to tell you today, you can forget the shortest route. He's going to take you down some side roads. He's going to take you through some mountainous areas. He's going to take you through some deep valleys. He's going to lead you in some difficult places. 
But if you will take advantage of what has been offered to you from the Word of God and the privilege to every believer, that while you are down there walking through that, you can also rise above all of that and have the confidence and the assurance God is in control. This thing started good and it's going to end good. And I may have to walk through some tribulation in between, but I have an expectation of what is coming. Bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. I plead with somebody this morning. Because if you don't if you don't get what I'm preaching today, if you don't get what the Lord is trying to say today, the outcome you're heading for is not think where you are right now is challenging? You think what you're going through right now is difficult? When you choose to take control of your path and try to figure it out and solve it yourself and do it your way, I can promise you for sure it never ends well. But when you trust you started something good. And when you get done, it's going to be good. But in between, I got to walk through some valleys. I got to go through some tribulation. I got to, I got to go through some ups and downs. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. there's somebody this morning that you need to respond to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you today. There's some of you, some of you I know a little bit about where you are, what you're going through. I know you're in some difficult times. I, I know you're going through some challenging circumstances, but if you'll hear the word of the Lord today and let God help you today in spite of where you are and what you're going through, there is an outcome that you can be hopeful in. I invite you, if you know you believe the spirit of the lord is talking to you right now would you get up out of your seat and walk down to this front area to present yourself to the lord can you can you pray right where you're sitting of course you can is that any less effective of course it's not but there's something about that move taking that step because in essence you can't take that step without also demonstrating some faith your physical moving is also a demonstration of your faith that God I hear what you're saying and I believe you're talking to me and so I'm responding to what you're saying to me today God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus by the power of your spirit right now Lord can I get some folks that will come and help me pray Come and let the Lord use you to minister. Come on, if you don't need to respond for yourself, then you be a conduit through which the Spirit of the Lord can minister. In the name of Jesus Christ. God, I know there's some precious people in this place that are 
in the thick of the valley, God. You promised us, Lord, that even though we're in the valley, we can transcend that. We can rise above it and see from a completely different perspective. Where we are right now, we may not be seeing anything good. The circumstances we're in right now may not seem good, but God, we've got an outcome. We've got an ending that you promised us that is good. Lord, when we were born again, that was very good. When you washed away our sins and filled us with your spirit, that was very good. There's been some ups and downs. There's been some challenges in between, but we also have the promise of an ending that's very good. God, I pray grace. I pray peace today upon the hearts and minds in this place. Your strength today, God, to help us to rise above. God, it's not about being in denial of where we are. It's not about being in denial of what we're going through. It's, it's about taking advantage of the privilege that we have as your children that are walking with you, that are filled with your spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody needs to leave it all at his feet today. Somebody needs to lay it all down at his feet today and let him replace it with faith and confidence and trust. He's in control. I know it may not feel like it sometimes. I know it may not look like it sometimes, but he's in control. He promised you. He promised you he would never leave you. He will never forsake you. I believe your word is true. The difficulties you're going through is not the evidence God has forsaken you. The problems you're dealing with in your life are not the evidence God has forsaken you. Because he said he would never leave you and never forsake you. There's joy. There's joy that is set before you if you'll just choose to get your eyes on the joy. There's joy that lies ahead. Weeping may endure for a night, the scripture says, but joy, joy comes in the morning. All things, we know that all things work together for good. We know that all things work for good according to your word, Lord. I'm going to leave it all right here. I'm going to leave my worry right here. I'm going to leave my doubt right here. I'm going to leave my fear right here. I'm going to leave my 
anxiety right here. I'm going to trust. I'm going to rise above it, God. I'm going to transcend and see it from a whole different perspective. I trust you, Lord. I trust in you, Lord. I trust in you, Lord. trust you. I will trust you. I will trust you. I put my trust in you, Lord. I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. I trust you. Oh, I will trust you. I will trust you. You need to go or you want to go, you're welcome to do so. Thank you for being here. Holy Ghost is still ministering. The Spirit of the Lord is still working in this place. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. I'm not going to fear what man can do. I'm not going to get my eyes on what man can do. I'm going to get my eyes on you. I'm going to put my trust. I'm going to put my confidence in you. I'm going to put my confidence in your power and your ability that you are in control. You are working everything out for my good. Jesus name in Jesus I believe your word today Lord I believe your word today Lord I believe your word today Lord Not my circumstances, I believe your word. Not the negative things I can see going on around me, I believe your word. I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I put my trust in you. 